Hi, and welcome to Soul Sisters with Wesley and Emily Page. We are two sisters dedicated to searching our soul. Thank you for joining us today. We're not really sure what we're going to be talking about, but I think we're going to be talking about parenting and the differences that our two parents had when raising us. My sister is older than me. My brother is the middle child, and I am the youngest. And um, we were just talking about the differences between the two of us. And um, my sister, and why don't you say hi so people know that you're on this call. Hello. There she is. Uh, my sister is a um, Enneagram 2 with a wing of 3. So she is soulful, emotional, loving, loves people. 3 is achieving, successful, entrepreneur. And I am a seven, bored, very bored, and, oh, yes, bored, very bored, with a wing of eight, and challenge, eight, eight, eight is the challenger. So, um, there is a vast difference between us, and Emily said something interesting um, before we were just talking, and then I demanded that she get on a Zoom call. Um, it should be noted that it is Cinco de Mayo, and Emily, how many margaritas in are you? Three. Really? Ah, and I have had no margaritas today because I'm not a fan of tequila, but I've had two beeritas and one pear martini. I think we should talk about the differences in parenting styles because I think our parents both respond to us differently. Yeah, and it's arguable whether it's nature or nurture. That's what what we were talking about before we got on this call was... Yes, yes. That's the name of the podcast. Keep going. You don't want to start from the beginning? No, I think this is genuine and real because there is an NPR podcast that I think this is genuine and real and I'd rather have that than a boring podcast. Go. So nature versus nurture. We were arguing because, or not arguing, but discussing the fact that I'm the oldest child by seven years. Wesley is seven years younger and we have different personalities and we get treated differently by our parents. They respond differently to us. And we were discussing whether that was the result of our personality or whether that was the result of nature. If there's something in our energy field due to because of what we think about, what we believe, or like our chemistry that causes our parents who have the same personality, right? They're a fixed point. They respond differently to both of us. And what is that? Because what is that? And we also have a brother. And our brother is very different. So my sister, my brother, and I are completely different. I'm like constantly trying to hug people and a little bit sens- too sensitive. And Wesley is uh, funny and able to find the, the hilarious points and a great arguer and responsive to when people are, are misbehaving. She actually holds them accountable. And my brother is just like doesn't respond to anything. It's like he doesn't care about anything. So he just likes to argue. He has his own points, but that means that he doesn't really care what you think. Whereas Wesley and I care a lot. And so 
My mother, for example, will get really riled up at my sister and get angry at her. And my mom will try to get my empathy. My dad will, <clears throat> I don't really know how to describe how he acts towards my sister versus myself, but it's different. What do you think? Do you know how, do you, do you feel like dad acts different between you and me? Yes, of course. I, for one, he can, cr when I cry, that seems to bring out sympathy from him. He also always right. is describing really high standards towards me. So he's always yes. saying that I'm capable of really great things and creates a lot of vision, constantly telling me I can do anything I want, but really holding a really high standard. Um, maybe even one that I can't meet sometimes because it's something that a guy would maybe do or that he would be capable of. And so sometimes he misses how sensitive and maybe the weak, weaker parts of myself. He sometimes forgets that that's there because he just wants to encourage me and build me up. And I'm very agreeable. Like I want to agree with everything my dad says. I don't like to disagree with him because I want him to feel supported <laughs> and loved. And so <clears throat> Even when he says I, I don't agree with, I just, I, I try to find a, a point to agree with him on it. Whereas Wesley, yeah. the opposite. Yeah, I think what's interesting about um, the differences, like what you said about crying, creating response. Uh, when we were younger, Emily would always tell me, just tell them how you feel whenever I got in trouble. Just tell them how you feel, cry, do this. And it never worked for me the same way it worked for Emily. and. Not to say that my tears weren't disingenuous, but for some reason, I don't know if you can hear my baby in the background, but my baby's being a baby in the background. There was a difference between when my sister would show emotion versus when I would show emotion. For some reason, my dad always thought I was manipulative or manipulating him or manipulating the situation just by showing my honest emotion. And to this day, I don't cry with them because it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, mean anything versus when my sister cries they literally can't handle it one time I cried uh the, the last time um the last time I cried was uh when my mom had a mental breakdown and threw some stuff at me and my kid and he called his sister to have her call me and talk to me about it instead of him talking to me about it and by call, I mean, we were outside of his sister's house and then, um, he wanted her to come and talk to me. <laughs> it was like when I was about to move to Texas and then instead of talking to me about it, when the situation he was a part of it, a part of, he had his sister talk about it. And that was like the last time I first and last time I cried in front of him because he couldn't handle it. And, um, just recently when my mom had another emotional breakdown and she emotionally broke down to me, I got another call from my cousin, my aunt. And I'm like, okay, so is this dad asking his sister to step in because he doesn't know how to talk to me about it? I don't know. I don't know, but he, I don't, does, I don't know. I don't know if he does that to you, but he literally can't handle it when I'm emotional. He literally physically can't handle it. But I feel like when my sister is emotional, he can relate to it and has compassion. And when I'm emotional, he's like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. This is something weird. 
tears I've never seen before. This is something weird. Like he doesn't know what to do. And same with my mom. Like they're just like, what? What is this thing coming out of your eyes? And when my sister cries, I don't know. How does mom react when you cry? I don't often cry with her because I don't think she's very empathetic. When was the last time you cried with her? When I went through a divorce, I cried in front of her. And at the time, she was having an episode of about with her mental illness. And so she wasn't fully herself, but she would some, when I, when it first happened and I was crying, she came out of her shell and her psychosis to come and give me a hug and say, you know, what a terrible person that guy was. And how could he hurt me? You know, do the things that you should say when you're a mom. And, but it wasn't the full level. It was just empathy. It was some empathy. And then after that, um, after that, she would just sit in the same room as me and not, you know, respond. She went back into her psychosis, but she, so she didn't do, do much. She just would, would sit there in the same room with me while I was sobbing. (laughs) Funny. Do you feel like in your observation, because there are things that I think that they do differently, but in your observation, how are the ways that they treat us differently other than the ones that uh, we just saw, we just talked about? I think they give you more money. Um, don't talk about money right now, Emily, because I don't have receipts. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like... Well, anything specifically? Well, I think you're willing to take things when they are being bad and they want to try to buy your attention. And oh, you, yeah, for sure. That's true. You turn it into a joke and I don't like it because I'm like, you can't buy my love. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't fix this. See, that's not how it works with them is they give it to you first and then they tell you that that was a, that they purchased something from you. Yeah, but see, that's the thing is I recognize it's a trend and I, I don't want the, uh, <clears throat> I don't want their, their loot. I don't want their dirty money. And dirty I think, that, yeah, and I think at this point you've realized they're never going to change. So I may as well take their dirty money. I think that's, <laughs> the but what are you referencing? Tell me what you're referencing. Oh, just like going out to eat or like you'll, you'll literally oh. turn it into a joke of saying like, buy me something and then they'll buy you clothes. Like I, I literally return mom's money. She'll put money in my pocket and I'll give it back to her or I'll rip, she'll write me a check and I'll rip it up and not cash it. What, what specifically? Tell me the last time they tried to give you money. Last time I was there, they tried to give me money, but like they were, cash. Yeah, cash or like, I just try not to go out to eat with them or try not to like let them spend money on me. And you kind of joke about it. I'm not saying it's a big, massive issue. I'm just saying it's something that's different that they, I feel like, buy you stuff. And I feel like it's not different though. You say, but there, it's different between you and me, not between their reaction of like they want to give you you and me both cash, but you'll take it and I won't. Or, I mean, I'll take it and you won't. Maybe. But for the record, though, I haven't taken their cash recently because they haven't offered. Like, even buying food, they've stopped buying us food because there's, like, four people. And, but, like, this last year, uh, I think in two years, I haven't taken any money. But... Like, even as far as, like, eating out, maybe, I think they maybe bought one meal for us. 
And after that, I got a bunch of text messages from mom that I didn't finish my food. <laughs> and if I would have known, which is what I said to her after she texted me, I said, I would have known you were going to complain to me. I would have bought the meal for you. Cause I don't want to listen to this shit. And I said that I was like, did you, would you text this to Otis? Cause you're not going to, Otis is the same thing. They buy him flaming Young's when they go out to eat with my, are you a middle child Otis? But their middle child Otis, he gets like surf and turf and buys the most expensive thing on the menu. And he didn't think twice about it. He just buys it and eats it. And I'm like, I ordered a soup. All I had was a $6 soup. Like I, between my family, we had less than what you guys ate between one person. So I'm like, don't tell me that. I was like, if I would have known, I would have just bought our meal. I don't want to listen to you. Um, but they don't eat out anymore. So they don't. But do you feel like they're more willing to give you money? Or are you saying, because right now you're saying that between the both of us, one of us takes more money than the other. But are you saying you feel like they want to give me more money? Like if they were to give you a check, it would be $5. If they would give me the check, it would be 10 that is what I feel, but I don't know that for a fact anymore. In this case, this is, I haven't lived there in the same city with them for over five years. So I don't know if it's still the same since you've, when you were younger, I always felt like that was the case. That's probably true when I was younger and as the last child and I probably got more. Yeah. Cause I feel like they were aware that they didn't have the energy to be a certain type of a parent. So they would just buy yes. it. And they also had more money at the time when I was, yes. it was always, um, <clears throat> hand me down stuff and mom would fix. sew patterns onto stuff or. I think for sure that most, at least in America, I think most el older children feel that about their youngest sibling. And I think our kids, like Amelia was raised in, I don't know. I don't know. I want to, I don't know. But yes, I do think there's something to be said about that. What else? What else do you feel like there's the differences? Um, I think an escalation of issues, you know, you were talking about crying, but also there's an anger issues. I think, <clears throat> I think they take it very seriously when I get angry because I don't get angry very often. And so like, they don't laugh when I get mad <laughs> mom will get more escalated towards you like she will get mad back and start to like physically feel threatening like she'll be in your face I don't know how to describe it you should use your own words to describe it because I'm not trying to put words in your mouth it's not like abusive but it's like there's an there's like a in your face energy she does not do that to me and she did that to me when I was <clears throat> living with her when I went through that divorce and didn't have a house to live in, she would definitely okay. chase me up and down the stairs, yelling at me, imaginary things. Um, okay. Wait, what imaginary things would she say? So now she calls me a whore. Did she call you a whore? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. But so are the insults when she's crazy are the same to you as they are to me, like whore, anything else? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd feel embarrassed to say them on the... Would uh, you? Tell me. Well, what would she say? Because I feel like it's... I feel like mom calling me a whore is hilarious because I feel like she's called me that my whole life. Like, I don't know why. I don't know why she thinks it's like me. But does she also call you a whore? Oh, yeah. Especially when she's crazy. She said she would say, like, my clothes were too revealing what I was going to do. Hilarious. Remember, I, I used to wear, like, skirts that went slightly above my knee. So it was, like, a long skirt. 
she'd chase me at the door being like, you're dressed like a whore. Or when I went through the divorce, she said, you know, the reason why you don't have a boyfriend is because your boobs are too small. Oh, she said that? Yeah. That's a bitchy thing to say. Oh, yeah. When she was, when she's mentally ill, she's crazy. She doesn't, she finds the worst things to say about a person. And that's the thing is I don't believe that she actually believes those things. She would be abhorred to know that these are the things that she said. She'd probably deny it. Well, she's any consolation. Yesterday, she told me I was a critical mother. So, <laughs> small boobs, <laughs> terrible mom. She brings out the got married because you've got small boobs. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. <clears throat> oh my gosh. Well, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. But the point is that I feel like you have actually had physical altercations or physical where you've actually felt a lot more unsafe and almost because you were that way, she was more threatening. I mean, she chased me into the bathroom also, but I'm big, I'm taller and stronger. And so that fact right there that I could push back or like stand in the doorway or hold the door and be like, I'm going to get you. If you try to hurt me, I will get you back. Yeah. Turned her down. Yeah. I think it, you know, you running away escalated her yeah it's interesting so interesting I feel like since you brought up money which is funny to me I would say that I think that they're more liberal in their compliments to me than they are to you do you ever notice that Mm -mm. that's so funny because I feel like if we sit at a table and we're talking about our family like all of us they won't stop talking about me if they get on this thing where like, Leslie's so great. Leslie's so great. And Otis, Otis was like, you know, Otis, but I feel like they don't, they don't lavish compliments on you. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Well, I think it's connected to the fact that the past few years, there's not a lot that they feel they can compliment. Like I've been very focused on work. I don't have any extracurricular activities that are laudable. So I'm not like making, they like to pick the most extreme thing. Like at least you're making money, Otis or Wesley, at least you're an amazing mom and wife or, and my business stuff has been, it's interesting, but it's professional. It's all professional. Like, oh, and I don't talk about it. It's not like I say, oh, I have products and TJ Maxx and home goods. It's not something where everyone's going to sit around the table and talk about. Um, and I also don't have kids. I'm not married. I don't have certain things that I think they, I don't think I've reached certain levels of success, <laughs> which is what I think. And I don't think that they're trying to be critical. I just don't think that they feel happy for me. I think they feel worried for me and that's why they can't think about the positive stuff. And it's probably a function of how I talk about my life. I don't share with them the wins and I probably no, I think you share with them the wins. I do. I think you share with wins. I think the hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hi. So sorry about the little break in the audio. Um, my one of my daughters all of a sudden started screaming. She's an infant, and I came out to my husband, and I was like, "What is going on?" And he's like, "Nothing." Our three-year-old daughter just kind of was listening to Lion King and there's a part where they go, you know, I just can't wait to be king so they can hear me roar. And then she went roar to the baby to reenact it and it scared her. 
and scared my infant daughter so much that she screamed so loud. I'd never heard her scream like that. And, um, I called Emily and I was like, sorry, I just, something weird just happened. And I started telling Emily how, how funny it was that my daughter reacted so strongly to that roar because, um, kids are so different. And I, I don't know if you want to bridge the gap first before I keep talking, Emily, to sort of say what I was talking about. It was such an incredibly fitting example because you have two daughters. So one is older, one is younger, but their personalities just from when they were babies is different. And the shocking thing is that like from inception or from before you're even a real person, I mean, a baby is not even conscious of words or complex thoughts. They should just be thinking about eating and pooping, right? But from a child, from a baby, there is a noticeable personality difference. And the words you're using to describe it is that she is so in her heart. She's so emotional. She's so sensitive. She wants to be hugged. She's, she wants to be reassured. Right. She's so people focused, like hug me. I'm scared. Hold me. I'll sleep if I'm, if I'm being held. And I'm like, these are the interpretations or words that you're putting to her actions. And you felt so differently about Amelia, who you felt was much more in her head, much more independent, so cerebral, was kind of like looking at you, inspecting you, not emotionally necessarily taking every single thing. Totally. Even now, I'm like when I was nursing Amelia and I would talk, Amelia would rip away from my breast and like look at me as I was talking, like, what are you saying? And and when I nurse my other child, she's so into the connection with me. She doesn't, she's not listening to what I'm saying. And if I ever wore like a nursing cover with Amelia, she'd rip it off with her hands. <laughs> and, and with Cisa, she's, Cisa's just so a part of it. She doesn't even think about it. We don't know whether it's nature or nurture that resulted in a difference of reaction from our parents. And what we've been talking about and focusing on so far is the nature elements of it. Perhaps we were raised differently. Perhaps we say things that are different that cause our parents to respond differently. But there's something to be said about the fact that people literally are born with different personalities and those different personalities and ways of thinking cause other people to respond. You without words can sense your daughter needs you to physically be present and with Amelia, you felt like, whoa, this girl's giving me the critical eye and, and trying to evaluate me and see whether or not I, you know, I'm doing the right thing when she wants to be nursing. <clears throat> and those things are immeasurable, incalculable, untaught elements of our personality that 100% exist. And without knowing it, you can project, hey, I don't, you know, like, what are you doing? A critical perspective or a comforting perspective or a needy perspective. And this would just be a discussion if we didn't have real life examples that just happened a few seconds ago. Right. Exactly. And your kids, like it calls into question what you think, you know, oh, I think I understand that you can control one, one that it's, it's your, your own, um, it's nature that could be doing it. Or even that number two, that you could have a choice over how you're coming across. Like maybe you're manifesting this negative environment by your thoughts. I think, I think we as people ha bring certain personalities and other people respond to us. People who are similar to us, like us better, 
um, like some people will just be attracted to certain personality types because it's more similar and other people will respond the opposite direction. So I can't come to a conclusion based on what you're telling me about your daughters and what is true about people, but it's interesting because there's that other element that probably results in who we are causes other people to act differently to us. Right. And even like one, I think personalities are, I don't know. I don't remember with our parents. I think they only ever really said that our brother was difficult, but, and that I was really good, but they don't ever talk about what you were like as an infant. They never say whether or not you were good. They just talk about how strict they were to you. They're like, we were really strict with Emily. Oh, was terrible. And Wesley was amazing, but it's like, they don't talk about what you were like as an infant. Like, well, maybe you guys were strict on a really great child. They did say that you cried, but babies cry. So did you cry? You know, like, that's the only thing that I feel like is sometimes missing. I'm like, yeah, but was she good and you guys were mean and strict? Or was she a normal baby? And, you know, what was Emily as a baby? And I feel like... Right, I'd never heard that before, really. Yeah, me neither. And, that's and I also don't think it's in context. Because whenever mom and dad talk about you... So I was there for Otis being a, like a, one year growing up. Yeah. And then I, so I don't have a memory of him as a baby, but I was there definitely when um, he was a toddler and I remember what he was like. And I remember you as a toddler, I sort of babysat both of the two of you and you were wild after you were a baby, you became wild. The moment you hit <laughs> you'd be Amelia's age, you were, you would do whatever you'd want. You like, but you would do it in the cutest way. Like Otis would disobey the rules and you were horrified. And Wesley, you would do it in a way where you're charmed because you just give a cute look and a glance and you prance away and you were all about getting attention. And so when mom and you would get away with stuff. You wouldn't tell the truth. You would manipulate them. So their memory of you being like this, right. easy to get along with. You. They are forgetting how upset they were with you in Alamo. There was this girl that lived across the street who would always cause trouble. And like, I remember. Yeah. yeah. They were so worried you were going to become a problem child after you hung out with that girl. And I remember thinking like, she's not an easy child. What are you talking about? You guys were so scared. She was like, you would, when you were in junior high, they were always worried that you were getting into trouble. You remember? Even when you were. No, weren't. I totally remember. Because the only friends I ever had were troubled kids because troubled kids don't have friends. And I never had friends either because we moved and it doesn't really matter. I mean, honestly, like I think everywhere we moved, I would somehow meet someone that was terrible. And dad always said to me, water seeks its own level. But yeah, I remember that girl. But I was like, how old was I in Alamo? Five? Six? Seven? I think it was five. Five to... Five. Yeah, and that, that's it's like, how is that a choice of my character? It's a choice of the, their character for letting me hang out with her. Why were they letting me hang out with her? She was messed up. Their family was messed up. I remember even now memories of her. She was my first friend. And she was messed up. I remember her sister being messed up. I remember the mom being messed up. Why would you let me hang out with them? I remember the things I said about hanging out with them. That was messed up. <laughs> and then we moved to La Jolla. Or did we move to Alamo after that? La Jolla after that? Alamo. La Jolla. That was Alamo that we were living. Yeah, La Jolla, the friend I got after that, she was also messed up. She was our neighbor. Yeah. Th their dad had Play-Doh boy in our living room. 
Right. So <laughs> he introduced me to Family Hot Cheetos and chocolate milk, a winning combination. <laughs> so, like, it's like, why didn't you help me find other friends? Or, like, why did you allow me to hang out with those two people that were terrible? But I think, and then after that, La Cunata. And I didn't have terrible friends until sixth grade. But I have, a, I have had a lot of terrible friends. So I don't know what that says about me. But as my, again, my dad has always said, water sits still level. So where are all my wealthy friends right now? should have some wealthy friends. <laughs> Just kidding. Because I am not wealthy. But all that to say is, is that, what was the point of that? Um, the point was that the memory that parents have of their kids, I also don't think is accurate over time. Maybe it's just our Yeah, because I think even when my mom was like, you're so critical of your eldest daughter. I was like, girl, you're critical of my eldest daughter. But it's like, I really hope that as my eldest gets older, that that wears off. Because it's, I'm worried about my eldest all the time. All the time, because she was always getting into stuff when she was younger. I, I asked my, the other day I went to a, birthday party and I asked my friend not the other day because it's corona but it was like months ago like maybe three months ago and I asked someone a friend of mine I said can you watch my daughter I'm gonna go get something from my car I come back and Amelia is halfway to the parking lot and I'm like oh hey and I come back and I I watch my friend I can see my friend at the park and I watch them freak out when they realize they lost my daughter and I come walking up with her in my hand being like hmm thanks for watching her and they're like, I swear, she was just right here. I'm like, yeah, because that's my daughter. <laughs> she just walks away, and she was at the parking lot by the time, like, I started walking back. So everyone's different, and I, and because I've had these years of watching after her, watching her fall into the pool every time she comes within a mile of a pool, she falls into it. Um, I think you carry those things, but I don't want to, I don't want to, as they evolve and grow up, I don't want to always imagine my eldest as an infant in the same way that our parents always imagine our, their son as like an infant, constantly bringing up of how difficult it was for him. And I know that I will always probably, not always, but I will always remember, I will always remember how difficult Amelia was, but what a contrast it is to have a different daughter that's no, no trouble at all that sleeps better than my eldest that is literally all I need to do is hold her to calm her down. I don't know if I'm getting off track. Well, I think these are real relevant things. I think the macro. Why don't you wrap it up and put a cap on it to make it make sense? Cause I don't know if anything makes sense anymore. Yeah. The, the macro level point is that parent, I mean, from a nature perspective or nurture perspective, parents, try so hard to raise their kids, to love them and to do a great job. And there's some elements that like, A, they won't remember fully <laughs> how they handle it. And I think that parents should feel good letting go of, hey, you do your best. And there's a nature and nurture element of like a child's personality that you can't really control. So you just have to try your very best to love your kids and iron out the, the elements of your personality and their personalities and try to make sure constantly that I don't think it's good to create favorites and to instead create an equitable, loving environment because we have very, even though we notice these differences, I don't think either of us feel less loved or less worthy of our parents' love over those differences. And that's, I think that's the biggest win that our parents accomplished is that they constantly reaffirm 
the love that they have for us. And they, they also reaffirm the love that we should have for one another so that, that we don't create division and there's a mutual respect there. So in spite of any challenges that happen in every family, that's a really key takeaway and a win. And I think another win is to acknowledge and realize that when you're raising your kids or if you're in a family that there's just different personalities amongst every child that's born that get, God gives that child from inception. You can't, you can't control those pieces. And so some of that stuff in your own life, like, I don't know. I feel that there's a lesson there for myself when I look at the world around me and how people respond to me that, Hey, there's some parts of these things that I'm creating and that is part of a reflection of my personality and which means that I can change some of them. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I, I think the purpose of this podcast is to talk about the soul and talk about real deep issues. And I think talking about our family so specifically is a part of the depth that other people on podcasts don't necessarily go through. And um, we're sisters and we love talking about things with the soul. And I hope that you find this podcast, the person that finds this, finds and hears things that they've never heard before that's within their own soul. And whether that's talking about favorites or talking about the different styles of being raised in different families. Like we're, we were talking about, that's my kid burping in the background. We were talking about being raised by our parents. And then I talked about raising my kids and like how crazy that is. But in the end, I think when I look at my life and I look at the life of my parents, the one thing they taught me is to have compassion and I have compassion on my, my family. And I hope my kids have compassion on me and the difference and the mistakes that I will make in raising my kids because I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect, but I love them. And my parents love me and they might not be perfect, but they love me and that I know for a fact. Even when my mom calls me a whore, I know, I laugh. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. But I know that somewhere in there she loves me and she loves my sister. And, um, and I hope that this podcast makes, helps helps you know out there that you're not alone and that um, the thousands, like we really talked about like 15 things just now. We talked about one overall theme, but we talked about 15 different things. Um, and I hope that it, it, in the end, it was an encouragement. I agree. And if your family, if you don't relate because you don't have your family, you know, exactly in that loving space, I think you can create family wherever you are and you can heal from those past things. So like my sister and I, the stuff that we, one of the reasons why we're healthy is because our parents did a great job of reminding us that in spite of their, like any human error that happens when you're a parent, they loved us. But that, that kind of thing, if you don't have that, you can fix that still within your relationships with your siblings. Like you can start and initiate a conversation like, Hey, did you ever feel like mom and dad treated us differently? You know, what, what did you think about that? How, how did you feel when you were growing up? What was your perspective of this? Why do you think some of those things happened? And refresh. Yes, I, love I love that. That's a good homework, Emily. Yes. And approaching it from compassion. What a great conversation. What a great conversation to have with siblings because in the end, your parents may grow and change, 
but like the friendship you have with your siblings is so important. Yeah. As your parents get older, they'll be less likely to be there for you. They don't know you as who you are, but your siblings were there when you were born, man. They were there when you were an infant. They saw you in diapers. They, they grew with you. And to ask those questions that, um, I think that's a beautiful homework, Emily. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And once you talk that stuff out, it helps to build a relationship, but you can also then set the standard of saying, wow, that wasn't, yeah, we were treated differently. Because that can really hurt people. People can become jealous of one another or relationships break down and you can re restate and redeclare a fresh relationship with that sibling. Like, hey, I acknowledge and remember you're right. I was treated like the favorite child or you were treated like the favorite child. I want totally. to that I love you. And, and just think of all the things that we talked about that might for us, like, I don't know, th those things might be super hard to talk about. Even money, giving money, like the first thing you said, um, that's a crazy difficult conversation for a lot of people. And, um, it's, you brought it up. So as the first thing, and I think that that is so important to remember to when you're talking about things to have compassion, understanding Emily and I are close, but we're also deep spiritually and would never let money come in between us. And I would never, never, we would never, if she ever felt like, like never. And, um, I think that's just super important to, to remember that don't let money, don't let favoritism, don't let these things that happened in your family come between you guys. Have an honest and compassionate conversation. And I think apologize. I think that's, you know, if you told me, hey, Emily, I always felt like you put me down when I was a kid. I would, regardless of whether I intended to put you down, regardless of if I remembered putting you down, the value of your experience and your feelings and my relationship with you would trump all of that. I would rather, like, you don't, you do stuff with stuff when you're a kid and you hurt people that you love. So I would take time to apologize and say, Wesley, I am so sorry that you felt like I was putting you down often as a kid. And I want to, even if I, if I had meant it back then, I'd be like, you know, I'm sorry. I was sorry. I was so mean. If I didn't mean it, I'd say, I didn't mean that. I would, I would really say what had happened and I would say, I apologize for it in the past. And I just say in the present, what I declare is that like from now on, I'm going to be encouraging and a blessing in your life. And I, I do love you. And that, that ended that era of being critical is ended. And I hope you'll forgive me. Will you forgive me, Wesley, and give you a chance to forgive me so that our, our relationship can heal because by acknowledging it, you are able to let it go and get to a different level of, of healing. Like I, you know, when someone wounds you and they don't acknowledge it, it's so bizarre, but even when you try to forgive them, there's some times where it can come back as a wound. Yeah. As a memory. And there's just no place for that in this short life that we live. And it's really beautiful to share sisterhood, brotherhood, family with people. So with siblings, you can, you can set the past right and declare a new future for your family by acknowledging those differences, talking about them, apologizing for the past and declaring what you want the future to look like. Right. And life is long. Don't get discouraged that you might not be able to find 
release or closure right now with that sibling, life is long. It's in two years, you're going to be a different person. That person's going to be a different person. And all you can do is be faithful to do the right steps as a parent to your kids, as a sibling to your sibling, um, as a wife to your husband, um, to follow the right steps and to do what your conscience convicts you to do, which is to have those conversations and to follow through. Um, and that's all you can do. That's all you can do. And, but also you can check that list off of your conscience, but also know that life is long. You never know. You never know. And maybe that same conversation you have in a year from now will produce different results. Yeah. So I hope everyone's yep. encouraged and feels a connection to their soul <laughs> and felt like they're talking to us like sisters and like family, because that's kind of what we feel like we are, whether you're a brother or a sister, no matter where you are in the world, that is the point of us sharing these conversations and inviting you into our family conversations. So we hope you are encouraged and have a good night. Stay safe during Corona and um, stay safe. Yeah. Night. Good night. <laughs>